you gave me just enough time to figure out how to turn my mic pack on, so thank you. <laughs> my name is Pastor Nicole, and I am so grateful to welcome you to worship here at Noblesville First. Thank you for getting in your rowboats and putting on your rubber boots and making your way here. It is a rainy day outside but we trust that God will refresh our souls through worship today. If you're worshiping with us for the very first time, we especially want to welcome you. Right outside of our worship space, you'll see our welcome center where you'll receive a very special gift and we will also share information on how you can learn more and get plugged in here at Noblesville First. If you've been here for 30 times or 300 times, we ask you to register your attendance on our website. Now, I invite you to stand in our call to worship, which you'll see on your bulletin as well as on our screens. Oh God, you have searched us and know us. You know when we sit down and when we rise up. You discern our thoughts from far away. Before a word is spoken, you know it completely. Such knowledge is too wonderful for us. So we humble ourselves in worship. Search us and know our hearts, O oh God, and lead us in the everlasting rest. We invite you to remain standing as we sing our hymn, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee.
It is a joyful day to be in worship together. And so we invite you at this time to pass the peace to one another and be mindful that some of us are still a little conscious of COVID and all of the things that we are anxious about in our world today. So if welcoming one another might mean a fist bump, an elbow, a wave, or a handshake. Whatever you are comfortable doing this morning, we invite you to pass the peace. So the peace of Christ be with you and also with you.
Please join me in the call to prayer. Ever seeking God, we come before you in prayer, for you have sought us out and claimed us as your own. Your mercy eases the troubles that stir our hearts. Your love calms our spirits. Draw near to us and change our lives through the grace of Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have been called to prayer to draw near our Savior and open our hearts 
So let us start with our personal prayers as we pray in silence for those people and situations for which we have concerns and for which we have gratitude to God. I will then offer up a pastoral prayer, and then we can pray in community the prayer of our Lord. So let us now pray in silence. Holy God, we come before you in prayer, lifting to you the joys and concerns, the hopes and the dreams of all our lives. Oh God, may we be open to your voice, that we may see with new eyes and hear with new ears the direction that you will have us go. Bless, we pray, this gathering of your people, that we may grow and flourish in your love and grace for the purpose to which you have called us. We pray for all those whose lives have touched us, those who are in pain, those who are ill, those who grieve. We pray now in thanks for Zoe Terhune, who was in the hospital this week and was able to go home and may possibly be in worship with us sometime this morning. For Beth Draper, who is in the hospital for surgery, and for her healing following that surgery. We pray for the people of the United Kingdom as they mourn the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. And on this day of 9-11, we remember those who lost their lives. And we pray for those who gave of themselves on 9-11-2001 to save the lives of others and we pray for their families who have lost loved ones on that day and afterwards. May we touch these lives and many others, not only through our prayers, but through our lives and actions as well. Guide us, bless us, uplift us and hold us. For we are your children called to our purpose in your world Hear our prayers, both those spoken and those hidden in our hearts. We pray in the name of Christ our Lord, who taught us to say when we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever.
as we continue to ponder ways that we can serve our church and our community, there are several announcements we like to make sure you know about as we go into a new week and a new season of ministry together. They will be on your screens. Zach, the first. Parking lot paving, right? Our favorite continues this week, the 14th and 15th. So if you have any need to be in the building this week at those dates, uh, please be mindful. And we need to make sure we make room for the preschool uh, parking around 9 o'clock on the 14th and 15th. All right, our second announcement is we need volunteers for the respite night coming up. This is a great opportunity to help families that have children with special needs. So we need volunteers. We need your help. We need your prayers. Make sure to check out our website for more information on that. And if you have someone in mind who might benefit from this important ministry, there's an opportunity for you as well. We have our Grow and Go Expo coming up in just a few weeks on September 25th. If you've been wondering about ways you can get involved here at Noblesville First, this will be a chance for you to see different ministries you can plug into. We're going to be launching life groups. Perhaps you are wanting a chance to get more involved with a small group. That is your chance to come. They're going to be between services, so Grow and Go Expo. Come on out and sign up for the ways we can get plugged in here at Noblesville First. And stepping up to help. Now, I love to line dance. Anybody else? Or maybe you want to learn. Here is your chance to come up and step up to help. Through Line Dancing Fundraiser, this is a United Women in Faith opportunity that will benefit their many ministries and missions and outreach. And I think it's going to be a really, really fun night, a good chance to get out those cowboy boots and come on out and line dance for missions. And finally, we hope that if something was not covered this morning that you were curious about, that you would go on our website, click on that Next Steps graphic. There are plenty of ways to get plugged in here in our community. And now let us take a moment and ask for God's blessing upon all the many ways that we can give. There's so many ways through our presence, our prayers, our finances, our gifts, and the ways that we use our hands and feet. So as you discern this morning how you might glorify God, let us ask God for God's blessing. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come upon these gifts that we will present today. They come from so many places, and so wherever they are from, we ask that your spirit would be upon them to multiply them, and to be a sign of your kingdom right here in Noblesville, Indiana. Bless them as Jesus would, that we will be his hands and feet. This we pray. Amen.
You may be seated. As we prepare to hear our message this morning, I invite you to join in our unison prayer that you will see on our screens. Holy Spirit, open our minds and hearts to hear your word. Challenge us, change us, and move us to follow Christ, whose word we love and trust. Amen. We continue in our Faith to Table worship series by reading scripture from 1 Corinthians this morning, from the third chapter, verses 3 through 8. Listen to Paul's words to us. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's a cold and rainy morning, so let's warm things up. Turn to your neighbor. Smile at them. Hopefully you still feel peaceful after that passing of the peace earlier. And repeat after me, neighbor, oh neighbor, don't write me any notes, don't pass me any mints, don't poke me, don't hunch me. It's time for the word. I need the word. You need the word. I can talk to you later. Amen. I'm going to preach this morning on the theme, play your part. Play your part. Pastor Jill, when the science fair rolled around last year, my 10-year-old son had a big, bright project idea. He wanted to make a quantum superposition simulation machine. Have you ever heard of that? Me either. It's a machine that was developed at Cambridge University and allows molecules to be in two places at once. Now, needless to say, I talked him out of this by reminding him that we did not have the -the state-of-the-art research and development equipment that Cambridge University had. But you see, now I regret it because it would have been really helpful last week to be in two places at once. (laughs) You see, last afternoon, I got a panicked message from my mother that my grandmother who's 92 years old, Eliza Jean Davis, better known as Jean, was declining rapidly. My mother issued a call for help across our family text thread and a bit of a warning that our time with her may not be long. This was a really hard message to receive because my grandmother, 
has had an immeasurable impact, just like that, <laughs> on my life. She is the consummate picture of grace in motion. She is a master memory maker, and she is a high priestess of the culinary arts. I have never entered a room where she was in it that she did not scream out loud, you are so beautiful, quickly followed by, because you look like me. <laughs> you see, thinking for a moment of a world without her in it, I felt this twinge of grief quickly interrupted by a series of questions. What does she need? How soon can I get there? What should I do with the kids? Who will take the dog? Is this really the end? How much time do I have with her? Oh, and what about Sunday morning? I quickly remembered that last Sunday was first Sunday, and we were kicking off this new worship series, and I was scheduled to preach not at one, but all three services. Where was the quantum superposition simulation machine when you need it? Apparently, it's back there this morning. <laughs> you see, my grief quickly moved to panic. What was I going to do? How was I going to handle these competing responsibilities? And before I could wrap my mind around all of these questions, I came to one clear answer. We can't do ministry by ourselves. You see, for a moment, I forgot that I was not called to Island of One United Methodist Church, where I was the only one pastor, the only one preacher, or the only one communion server. No, God called me to be part of a whole, where there is not one, but many. A whole team of people, preachers and singers and laity and musicians and ushers and teachers, disciples and servants who are ready and willing to serve our congregation together. And thank God that I am not the only one. Because if it were just up to me, church would fall apart. You see, I pass out after standing too long, so I'd be a really unreliable usher. <laughs> I lose key the longer that I sing, so I would be a horrible choir section mate. And I have it on the authority of all of my children that whenever I pray, they always wish it would have ended sooner. <laughs> Why am I sharing this? Because we forget. I forgot it in my moment of panic last week. And the people of Corinth forgot it in our scripture today. For when we interrupt Paul in the third chapter of his letter to the Corinthians, he is trying to remind the people just how much they need one another. You see, several years earlier, Paul had been dispatched to this Greek coastal city to plant a church. He had spent several years there, preaching and teaching, baptizing and growing the church until God called him to plant another one. He was then followed by his successor, Apollos. And like Paul, Apollos was a gifted preacher and teacher, and he furthered the growth of the church. Yet over time, people have forgotten 
They have forgotten that Paul's planting of the church was just as important and vital in getting it started as Apollos' watering of the church to where it is today. And instead of celebrating both of these leaders' contributions, they instead valued one over the other, creating division and discord in the process. And so Paul seeks to remind them and us today that no one person's role is more significant than another. We not only need one another to do ministry, but the role that each of us play is irreplaceable. There is no part that's more significant or more important than another. But every role makes a difference. Now, I have learned that not only from reading Corinthians 3, but also from cooking. You'll remember that I shared that my grandmother is a high priestess of the culinary arts, and I believe she learned this in Dalton, Georgia in the 1920s where she was raised. She told me that anything that showed up on the table had been grown in the field or fished out of the stream. And so she knows how to prepare a chicken from scratch. I'm talking feathers. She knows how to marinate pork and honey and spices to prepare it for roasting. And she knows how to fry shrimp that would make you slap your mother, her grandmother, and her great-grandmother. But the real, the real piece de resistance, if you will, of my grandmother's cooking is her coconut cake. Now, I don't even like coconut. You will never catch me eating coconut cookies or drinking coconut water. But whenever she puts that fluffy, decadent, perfectly baked cake on the table, I have not one but two or three slices. I love this cake so much that I wanted to impress my new husband by baking it when I was a newlywed. So I bought all 22 items on her recipe card. I tied up my apron, I read each step, and then I placed that perfect coconut cake on the table. I poured us extra large glasses of milk, I cut us giant slices, and we each took our first decadent bite. And then we spit it out. I ran back to the kitchen and and I realized that I had added the baking soda, the baking powder, the salt, the coconut milk, the sour cream, but I had forgotten the two cups of sugar. (laughs) And and without the sugar, uh, coconut cake tastes like cardboard mixed with regret. And, And it didn't matter that I had all of the other ingredients. I still needed that one. And that's all Paul is trying to teach the people in Corinth and each of us today. We need all of the ingredients. We need each other. We need every role. And not one is more important than another. The salt is not more important than the sugar. The planter is not more important than the waterer. We need every Paul and every Apollos. Because each of us has a part to play in God's harvest. So the question today and the question in Corinth wasn't, are you team Paul or team Apollos? 
The question is whether you're on the team. Are you playing your part today in our shared ministry? Are you serving on an outreach team or or growing through a class or Bible study? Are you giving to our ministry? Are you playing your part? Before you answer this question, I want you to consider that there are two features of playing your part in God's ministry. And the first is this. When we play our part, we may never see the finished product. When we play our part, we may never see the finished product. You see, when Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, scholars tell us that it could be anywhere from five years to ten years since he last saw these people in person. He planted those seeds of faith, but then he was called to plant other churches throughout Asia Minor. And so God sent Apollos to water them until the church grew so large that there were enough people to fight in the first place. And since Paul's departure, it's likely that there are members of the church he's never met, members of the choir whose voices he's never heard, people ushering at the door who never saw him walk through it, or even children that were born long after he left. Paul planted seeds of faith at the church in Corinth, but never saw many of them grow. Because here it is, when we play our part in God's ministry, we may never see the finished product. We may never see what takes root. We may never see the first shoots of leaves. We may never see the first fruits. But we have to be willing to sow seeds in a harvest that we may never reap. And this is hard. This this is hard for us to do because we live in a world where we ask not, what will this reap after me? But rather, what will this reap for me right now? We live in a world that seeks a quick return, instant gratification, and immediate benefits. But the work of God is not completed in just a few days or months or even years. It takes time. It's it's deeply rooted. And it's connected to the faithful care of many, many, many people over time. Let me see if I can make this a bit more plain. Have you ever heard of the term food desert? It describes a place where there's no viable grocery stores within city limits, and it also described Atlantic City, where my husband and I served our first congregation after we were married. He was the lead pastor of a teeny tiny little United Methodist Church called Hamilton Memorial. It couldn't have seated more than 100 people comfortably, and the district superintendent told him, that this would be a caretaking role, as it wasn't expected for the church to survive. But one Sunday morning, Javon couldn't help but see this, this patch of land next to the church where a field of wildflowers was growing. He knew the church was in decline. He knew the city was a food desert, but God planted a seed 
that maybe something could grow here. And so we got this group of members and leaders together and we began to vision for just one or two raised beds that could provide fresh fruit and vegetables for people in our food desert community. But then that seed got planted in a restaurant owner who decided to donate all of the fruits and vegetables that we would need. Then that seed got planted in a city official who campaigned to have that land donated to the church free of charge. Then that seed got planted in an architecture's firm who then designed a green space with multiple and multiple raised beds as well as an amphitheater and picnic tables for the community to gather. And then that seed got planted in a group of artists who donated their services to paint a mural of a community not in decline, but a community growing and revitalizing. We were so excited about the first planting. We were so excited about the harvest that we would see. But then... We got a call from the district superintendent. He shared that Javon would be reappointed to a much larger congregation in northern New Jersey and that we would leave before we ever saw the first harvest grow in. At first, we were heartbroken because it's a natural desire to want to see the fruit of our labor. But here's the hard truth we learned that day. It was never ours. And it's not yours either. Sure, we each play a part. As Paul reminds the Corinthians, he planted Apollos watered, but only God can make it grow. And when we look back over what was once a plan for one or two raised garden beds, In the midst of a food desert, we realized that only God could have connected us to a restaurant owner and a city official and architects and a construction company and artists. And we realized that our labor was nothing compared to the labor that God had put in to make this garden grow. We may have planted, we may have watered, but it was nothing compared to the growth of God. This is both a challenge and a comfort for us. It's a challenge because it requires us to trust in a harvest that we may never see. But it's a comfort because of who we trust it to. A God who takes those seeds and grows it into something more abundant, more fruitful, more impactful than anything we could ever grow alone. And so what is God calling us to do today? To play our part. To keep planting. To keep watering to keep working together while trusting in the only one who can give us growth. May you find and play your part today in God's great harvest. Let us pray.
Creator God, we are grateful today that you call us to serve you and one another. You call some of us to plant. You call some of us to water. But only you can give the growth. We pray, oh God, that you would move us, shake us, inspire us to find that place that you are calling us to serve so that a new harvest may raise up in our congregation, in our community, and in our world. God, thank you for calling each of us by name. And we will serve you with anticipation for the first fruits of the harvest. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. to leave this place this morning. I want to thank once again our brass ensemble for adding such life and joy to our worship this morning. But I also want to thank each of you in advance. I want to thank you because in two weeks we're having our Grow and Go Expo that you heard about in our announcements. And I know that God is already stirring up in you what you may be called to do. We just sang that God is doing a new thing. And it's my prayer that God will do a new thing as you serve or learn in a new way that you never have before. Because as you do, you're planting seeds for a new harvest. A harvest that will grow not only our congregation, but our community. And years down the line, people will talk about what the seed you planted meant in their faith and in their life. So thank you for worshiping with us today. 
Thank you for continuing to be a part of God's harvest. And I'm excited about what each of you may choose to get involved in at our Grow and Go Expo. So now with all of that said, you heard the shameless plug three times. You can't say you didn't hear it. I just want you to know that you are blessed to be a blessing. Go out and plant and water and trust that God will give us the growth. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.